0: another episode of Riding with the Pastor. I'm your host, Eldor Orlando James Arcady. I'm from Arcway Ministries Church in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Uh, it's a beautiful day, a nice day. It's a nice 88 degrees weather day, and I'm in the middle of rush hour traffic uh, off of the 210 freeway. And if you've ever been in traffic in the middle of rush hour on the 210 freeway, uh, it's not quite a parking lot, but... I could walk faster than I'm riding right now. So, uh, it's gonna be a bit, and I figured let's get in a little bit of the Word of God, shall we? Um, and we had a great service this weekend. Um, I invite you all to come and share and enjoy God's Word as He delivers it. Um, it was, uh... It was, influ- it was educational and powerful um, and I thank God for showing up um, but this isn't that this is a time where I, I am able to share um, thoughts with you on many different topics um, that are more akin to what we're dealing with on an everyday basis and uh, in the church right now we are beginning to see... Uh, now, let me explain something. When I talk about the church and the churches, I need to be very careful that we're talking about... Um, I Identify the difference between the two. Um, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the body of people that are... Um, Established and created um, by the authority and power of the scriptures and God Almighty. When I talk about the churches, I'm more uh, speaking to those individuals who are influenced by the thought and the power and the majesty of God. They are uh, acknowledging the existence of God. They do what, and they render unto Him their their sacrifices and their praises unto God, um, but yet they may not have been established by God. Yet. And God is getting to that. They are trying to get to God. As we all are, but there are those that God has established in His will and in His way. Let's just say the way they did. But for most Christians, it seems like um, it's almost Voodoo or taboo to claim um, authority and friendship with God in a way that's uh, more decisive than uh, indecisive. Uh, in other words, if we're not all constantly trying to reach God, then since no one has already reached them, um, and no one displays the authority of God, like they did in the Old Testament, or uh, the Apostles, if you're not doing those works, then you really don't have a clear-cut relationship with God, to the point where you can say, you know God like that. Um, So, I'm talking about the churches right now. I know I initially said the church, so I had to straighten that out. So the churches are dealing with a very, very big problem. It has been bubbling up for years. Um, it began to peak its head up in about 2004, 2005, around the time um, when, the, uh, stock, when the stock market was crashed and everyone was having a hard time with their mortgages. and The mortgage crisis kicked in and people were losing their homes left and right. Um, there was a lot of fear. Uh, people were going to the churches, finding refuge and solace. Everyone was afraid. Um, The churches were eating them up, bringing them in. Boom, boom, boom. Things were packed. People were moving. Um, And then that left a lot of people in the church and a lot of people impressed that wanted to be in the gospel. And they've been in the gospel since then. Um, A problem occurred was that they were motivated by the fears that they felt at the time, not by God. And they learned to appreciate God what he had done and what they were enabled, they were enabled to incur, in other other words, they were able to handle the the issues that were coming along by trusting in God, and so that led them to stay in God, and they became ministers and so on and so forth, but they never really got all of the deal, they never got the full deal, they got what they were taught and what they were told was all they needed, and so what's happening is a lot of those folks are having very real problems and they don't really have what it, what you really need to make it through those moments when you really need the Holy Ghost, right, you don't need the Spirit to come and wound and swoon over you, you need the Holy Ghost to bolster you up and there's a difference between the two so what's happening is, and another thing is a lot of people are dealing with um, sort of situations that are causing them to doubt the validity of the doctrine that is presenting to them in Christianity because while it worked for the for the the collective issues that were being worked on, you could see a reason to come and a few to come to resolve it, um, it didn't work for the things that were internally just messing you up. Uh, it didn't work for the internal family turmoil that are brewing and make people feel unhappy with one another. Um, it didn't work for the yearning desires of the fleshly lust that people have it didn't work for that for quelling that that they brought in with them that they had with them before they got in the church it didn't work for um a lot of the uh angst sin that we have in us the pride the uh greed the uh, selfishness um it didn't work for that we all go in with it, they they came out with it, and, you know, what they were expecting for the change didn't really occur. Um, So the the teaching and the preaching said, oh, these things will stop, and they never did, so you're like, well, what what do I do now? Um, All of this to say, one very, very big, troubling issue that the church has is with mental health. And all of those things that I just got to talking about are expressions of a breakdown of mental wellness. Just like the body gets a cold, the mental wellness of a person gets ill. And mental illness is just like a mental cold. Uh, You're feeling depressed for a while you never had before but now you are all of a sudden you don't know why or you got this feeling of dread and anxiety and things are popping up on you and you don't really understand why and, you're, and preaching and teaching and praying did not cutting it you understand what I'm saying it wasn't it, it's not cutting it 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 helped for the medium why it's like taking a pill You know, a prayer pill. You take a prayer pill and you're subtracting it to never come back again. Well, it does. And you keep another prayer prayer pill and it keeps coming back again. And you're like, at what point in time am I going to stop taking this prayer pill to knock this habit or knock this idea? Because eventually I'm going to break it. It's going to break. And so uh, you do what you do. You go through the motions. Keep doing the same old thing, take the prayer pill, and the issue comes back, takes another prayer pill, and eventually you just get tired of the whole roll, Get tired of the whole thing. And what that does is it balloons the issue. Right? At first you were tired of having to go then Now you're frustrated. Because what you're trying to do isn't working. And now you're frustrated at the people that got you into the situation that you were in. And you're frustrated with God. You're frustrated with yourself. You're frustrated with everyone around you. You're frustrated with the people you believe caused you to be in this situation. Your family, you become frustrated with. You didn't know who to be frustrated with, so you're frustrated with everybody. And eventually, once you begin to turn that frustration on yourself again, after you realize and reconcile, recognize that. It's nobody else's fault but your own, that depth of depression is hard to kick because it's so easy to beat yourself up versus beating somebody else up. Oh, it's immensely, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like breathing how well we can beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up so easily, we, we can default to, to beating ourselves up so easily. You know, we, it's just—it's just its just like second nature how badly we can beat ourselves up. So we end up in a situation where we don't like ourselves. We love our children, but love. And self-love becomes compartmentalized. I can love you, but I can stand. I, but I cannot. I can hate me. I can hate me with you. I can hate me with anyone. You know. And you start looking for help. You start looking for um, uh, distractions. You start looking for a way to cope. And Lord help you find a drug that seems to work outside of prayer because prayer ain't cutting it you need something stronger alcohol and when alcohol becomes just so nefariously drugged off and people start wondering whether or not what's going on with you you have to back up off of that you need something new so what happens you try to find it in the faith Person in the arms of a new individual to just take your mind off of it for a little bit. And you compound, you compound, and when that just becomes so disdaining and so you know not you, you just say I can't do that. I can't fix this myself. You know, and this is where I have a hard time with me, myself. I have a hard time. So lately. A lot of evangelical pastors have been committing suicide, having to deal with mental health. And this is where I have the biggest problem with evangelical preaching and teaching more. And that is the preaching and teaching that everyone eventually goes to heaven no matter what they did down here. You can always assume that you're going to see them in heaven. And that's the presentation that you get when you see some people dying. You know they live the wrong life. But everyone has them going to heaven. So what that does is to everyone that's in the room at a funeral that knows the individual for the behaviors that they held, begin to see that there's not that this church thing isn't what it's all cracked up to be. Because I can be a Hellion. And I'm in a messmaker, a gossip. I can do all of these things. I can cheat on my wife. I can cheat on my girlfriends. I can cheat on anybody I want. I can do all of these things that I my my baser instincts wish for me to do. And they will put me in heaven. I can still go to heaven. They can still go to heaven because I seen them do it. And they got him in heaven. They said he was a good person, so you know. Doing, I had a friend, uh, a friend, one of my neighbor's sons, you know, he was a good kid, he had good opportunities, he took advantage of some of them, but overall, he just didn't want to do it, he was young! He was young, you know, youth is wasted on the young, and so, he ended up dying. This happens a lot. Young, a friend of mine, uh, best friend, his, his daughter's his daughter's ex-boyfriend, still friends with the family. Same thing, died from drugs, got sad, got with somebody else, died during one of those outings. Another friend, died during one of those outings, drug outings, going out there doing this. It's, it's just, it's, it's a, But the churches, the evangelical churches just prayed them into heaven. Because they were in a loving environment at the time of the funeral, and nobody wanted to uh, uh, cause any issues. It was easier just to assume, tell everyone, yes, God, the babies, the boys in heaven, the people in heaven, you'll see them again when you get there, it doesn't matter what you've done. There's no really right or wrong at all. Oh, we're just all a part of God's kingdom. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter why I got to go to church. Oh, to be righteous because God said to. You. God told the Jews that, not you. Well, Jesus said it. Huh? Jesus was talking to Jews, not you. No, Paul said it. Paul was talking to Jews, not you. <laughs> but then again, Paul was talking to Jews and Gentiles, so, yeah. I'll give it to you on that one. You go because Paul said, so. If you just say that, that would be one thing, but, no, that's not what we said. You gather yourself. All the boys, you see the big approaching. He said that to Jews, not to Gentiles. If it wasn't intended and insinuated that the Gentiles would get it either. That's not what it was. But that's another story. we we'll talk about that another time. Let's go back to the mental health thing. Because that's a very important point. So they preach them and teach them into heaven and so when someone's mental health breaks down, and they don't want to be here anymore, their option, I'll just go be with God, and everything will be fixed, and let me tell you this, death is not the end of your problem, it's the beginning of your problems. You don't know hardship until you die. You don't know trouble and fear until you die outside of God. It is my hope and prayer that no one Uses the gospel of God as an excuse to martyr themselves into heaven again. I don't ever want that to become an option. That should never be an option. And what gets us, a lot of us, we're, we're taught and we believe and we know that suicide is not a redeeming quality for the saints of God. When things get tough, and if you take your soul out of the hands of God to resolve, put it into your own power and authority in God's name, you have committed a grave error. Yet, those that, be, that exist don't know enough or don't seem to care enough to right the shift. I know it's tough. We want. We don't want to be seen as those old people's rules. But we are not called to please the world. We're called to please God, and we have to say what God doesn't like and what God does like. God likes you. God likes it when you prefer life. God loves it when you prefer life over death. He grows ecstatic when you prefer life and living over death and dying. Because that's what we are called for. We're called to life and to living not death and the dying of death so that's one of my pet peeves with evangelical churches they don't stick to the gospel well they don't stick to the word of God well they alter it a lot for the sake of the perception that they must always present love in a way that excuses behavior that is contrary to God. Yet, they let it loose absolutely when someone challenges their view of faith on them that they have. <laughs> oh, they'll ramp you, they'll rear you up. They'll back you down. They'll say you are wrong. You challenge their faith. You're wrong. You're ignorant. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. I had a lady. I had a lady. A young girl. Tell me that a boyfriend of hers had a Jezebel spirit, and she wouldn't believe that Jesus. That that uh, that of the speaking tongues of God, and the spirit of God demonstrating Himself in it. Yet she believed in Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit. Oh, the Jezebel spirit demonstrates himself in this way. You see this, you see that, he did I did this study. I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Holy Ghost is better. <laughs> demonstrates himself in this way and that way. is better than it. Yeah, but that's not real. So the one thing that is real of the Holy Ghost and of the Spirit of God isn't real, but the thing that isn't real or quantified, that's real. Why? Because she wants to believe that. That's something she has uh, a conviction about. very interesting with when it comes to God, when it comes to uh, scriptures, when it comes to our understanding of God, it's all about me. It's all about, it becomes all about me and how I am willing to accept God, not what God It would be my extreme pleasure to see every essential Trinitarian, every econ- economical Trinitarian, uh, all gets the Holy Ghost. Jesus is And that would help, it would go, I believe it would go a long way towards clearing up a lot of the misunderstandings of the scriptures not just the Holy Ghost but getting the Holy Ghost and adhering to the preaching whereby the Holy Ghost expresses himself from, which is the Apostolic Doctrine they'd be more Jewish though that would be, I don't think that's something that they really want to do. I don't believe that's something that they really want to do. Being more Jewish is not Christian. <laughs> Being, becoming more Jewish is not Christian. You know? Now it doesn't matter what Christianity came from, or the source of it is. No, no, no. Christianity is its own faith right now. It's, what God has provided going forward. It's what God intended from the very beginning was Christianity. From the very beginning God gave it to the ancient and the old and the inept because they couldn't understand it the way the tools that are available in Hellenism could Provided. To this day, I had people tell me, "Oh, you know what? You need some more hermeneutics and homiletics in your preaching. You would know how to handle different situations. You, know, you just need to go to, go to classes, and get some teaching, and you get some degrees on hermeneutics and homiletics, uh, and on other issues and areas of presenting the gospel, and then you would be great. Because right now you're sort of fluttering around and sort of rudimentary." And I thought I was doing pretty good, you know, uh, give them crap, an argument, and a discussion with the best of them to get a lot of studies and understandings from Bart Irvin, uh, Rabbi Menace Freeman, Rabbi Tolia Singer, uh, Rabbi Dave, Dave Brown, uh, Rabbi Mike, Michael Skolbeck, uh, a lot of Plato, a lot of Thomas, a lot of Prefalo, a lot of, um, skeptics and Gnostics. Uh, I get a lot of understandings from Jewish uh, Talmudists and how to present and understand um, the flow of the scriptures, uh, the presentation and the expression of certain passages, the definition and the interpretation, the obscurities that exist within the yeah, the scriptures, um, that are there for the very purpose of obscuring and um, uh, shading, not, not deliberately covering, but shading uh, the understandings of the scriptures um, so that they are protected uh, from the eyes of those who wish to, to, to demonize them, um, and not cause an error to themselves in doing so, that they may be restored through repentance sake. Uh, There are a lot of different uh, uh, tools and and metrics and and automations in the gospel or in the Bible and in the scriptures of the Old Testament that are there for the benefit of those that may use the scriptures in error. Um, And so, uh, People went through great meetings to make it easy for people to read and get what they needed to as long as there was a teacher to teach them. And I think that's what's really lacking in the evangelical church, is there are teachers that teach with the skew, and you can't do that. That's, that's a different, that's a, that's a that's a big no-no. You shouldn't do that with the scriptures. You should never approach the scriptures with your own view and tact. You should always approach the scriptures willing to give up your view and accept God's view. That's a yoke. Uh, let me let me explain this. A yoke in the Bible is a perspective that you have. On something you need. How you use that something you need, the way you see yourself using it, is your yoke. It steers you, it's used to drive you, it's used to slow you, it's, moved. it's used to turn you, in either which way. It's used to guide you, it's used to move you forward and encourage you forward, it's used to slow you down or stop you your yoke. What you believe and your perspective on what you believe. That's your yoke. So your yoke needs to be yielded to God. You are always going to have a yoke around your neck. The question is, who's going to push you in the field? And what is it going to bring about? Alright, so the fields that we have already established before us in this life are tough a lot of times, but when you're driven and you have the yoke of God and you're moved By the Almighty through this field of life, you can make it and you'll bring forth a good harvest. Why do you think we have this world? Why do we think we have this life? Why do we think we wake up every morning to beautiful mountains and a beautiful sky and clouds in our heads, the heat in the summer? and the cool in the winter, and the beauty in the fall, and the wonder in the spring. Why do you think we have all these things? We have all these things because God gave them to us for to enjoy. So, we should enjoy them. We should not cut ourselves off at the needs. And when things get tough in our minds, and our mental health, Troubled, we go to the places just like a doctor to get healed. We don't hide in prayer, we use prayer and we couple prayer with our physical well being. It's not either or. Not you can give with this or you can give with that. If you can give with this and you can give with that. Because you can have both. A good healthy body and a good healthy mind encourages a good healthy spirit. And a good healthy spirit that has the yoke of God upon it, you can change this world for the better by you being in it. So, I want to encourage us all to be good in this world. One to another. That we encourage one another with good words, with a smile, and with prayer. All right. all right so we are almost done with our ride home um i want to thank you for listening and continue to be blessed and to continue to be a blessing in jesus name amen